0: The Mino Diaries, Episode 11, Red Bird, Part 11, Omina and the Setting Sun. a mockingbird song in the light of dawn pouring through their window they thanked your most high for pleasant dreams and ample rest before rising to initiate the day they went to the porch of their grandmother's temple to soak up some sun and greet the birds butterflies and dragonflies with good mornings they saw at the steps of the porch a chest left sitting with a note atop it was from their friends in high and low places congratulating them on their steady initiation into the house of the scorpion healers in flow with the otherwise heavy scorpio season. Omina had prepared for many months to remain balanced in these days, and this was one of the sacred ritual. It was the hallowed eve of the day of the dead and of all saints. Omina had been given the responsibility as Mino of House Omoya, who minded the spirits in the portals they crossed, to pray for the clean opening of the sunset portal which would allow the metaphysical entry from parallel dimensions into the physical world. Omina smiled at the note and opened the chest to see, wrapped in protective cloth, a fit of black silk embroidered at the chest with five or four and threaded flame numbers. They felt over the soft fabric and retrieved lastly the blue, black, and beaded front tail of the suit. They went inside, placing on the soft and lead armor, before placing their mino mantles of gold, hoop earrings, a weighted arc necklace etched with a seven, an arm and thigh band, and a waist circlet to complement the front tail. They placed their rings, one for water in the shape of flow, stoned by a sapphire on the left middle finger, a ruby stone circlet for fire, mutable next to the ring of water on the left index. These rings were gifts from their grandmother who was an elder of their birth house of Malani. They did their hair with the magic comb of the sea, which could grow strands as long and manifest the style of whatever O wanted it to be. That day they chose a feathered mullet bob and placed on red shades, narrow like pressurized flames before they went from the Malani temple, praying peace over it in their absence before they walked to the edge of the Bayou Road corridor which connected the water channels from the wide lake or to the great river. The Blackwater Bayou was calm and steady, with gall grazing the surface, bass stalking below, mullets jumping, catfish gliding over the bottom. They said prayers and thanks from the market's crawfish who held. From the markets, that's not the right word. They said prayers and thanks from the smallest crawfish who held the foundation to the mighty alligators at apex stations. They thanked the terrapins, soft shells, and snapping turtles for wisdom and serenity with time. They walked on quiet feet beneath the wide oaks and high cypresses along the water so as not to disturb the egrets and herons in their hunts. Omina minded the lizards scurrying across that path, basked in the fluttering grace of butterflies. They glanced at the crows darting past, the ospreys easy glide, the black and turkey vultures passing by, woodpeckers knocking, blue jays up to mischief. They walked far along, stopping briefly at the chime tree to leave an offering of prayer and peace to its roots before they continued down the corridor through the seventh ward, guarded by their own mother of the waters, and kept by the Bone clan and Malani water healers, dealers, and feelers. They reached the edge of Bayou Road and said thanks there to the walking and traded spirits of the ancient market and wished blessings for those who still used the path and traded for commerce here. All crossed over the boundaries of their own territory and moved across the board praying for their people all the way so they might make ways and keep good pace in life. Or walked all the way across the swamp lands to the axis of the burial grounds where the crows flew at sunset, the bone road where the trees were not so numerous and the land was a distinct path from one end of the swamp city to the other. On days like that hallowed eve. When the portals between the world of the dead and the living were so near opening, some might have feared the bone road, feared its heaviness and the dangers, but not Omina. Their spiritual sense made the bone road a light place, and they crossed over into territory further from their own to where the swamp was far from town. Omina walked ahead into the great stretch of forest, which was not subject to the constraint of any human's dominion, where its sanctity was its unpredictability. The waters there were home to massive gators and gar. The land was patrolled by big black bears, stalking panthers, and hunted by red wolves. The spirits of this forest were also of temperamental natures ancient and withstanding they could be gentle or violent to those who walked across the tree canopy shadowed expanse but omina submitted to no fear in this place they wailed their form to change and black silk shifted to sleek blue black fur as they walked four-legged as a jaguar across the forest blended to the shadows onward to the distant sound of the great river's flow. They reached the rigid levee, they reached the ridged levee, climbing up the rise until they could see ahead the water rushing through the trunks of tall cypresses and willow trees. Omina was nearly to their destination after a nearly full cycle of the sun had crossed in the sky since that morning. They could see, a little past the trees, parts of the Temple of the Sun peeking golden through the spaces of branches and trunks. They passed the large trees of this place, until they reached the temple entrance, which, facing the swamp, was actually the back of it. Amina walked up the root-coiled steps of the stone temple, stationed by many squirrels and birds. The yellow-armored temple keepers knew them well and did not block them as they stepped inside through a wide archway. They walked through the temple, across stone floors and image-carved walls, telling the painted stories of past, present, and future. Sunlight was pouring through the stone windows of the temple, casting rays of light through wisping incense and illuminating Omina's otherwise onyx eyes, their true brown, by the sun. Omina walked across the temple to where its front opened to the great river, its stone walls rising tight from the bank below. There, sitting on the raised dais which opened to a stone stairway down to the river, was the one Omina had walked all the way to meet. She had black hair worn in a feathered mullet and was dressed in a fit of bead-tasseled multi-hued green, black, white, and silver. Her fit was complemented by the silvers of her Mino mantles. She turned at Omina's approach and made a face that earned a true laugh from the Princess of Ten Thousand Moons. Omina went to sit next to Tupalo, Omoya, the keeper of the Temple of Omoya, daughter of Oya, spirit of cypresses. And dear god sister of Omina, for Oya was Omina's own big nanny, chosen for them by their mother, who was Yamaya. Tupelo and Omina had planned for months for this ritual initiation at sunset on the river. Ten days into Scorpio, and in the force of inner and outer shadows were pressing, testing, cresting like a high tide. Omina looked out at the river flowing and the sun lowering and prepared their spirit for this mission's purpose. As keepers of Omoya, Tupelo and Omina were the ones to mind the portals between the worlds and guard them from the forces of evil. When the sun reached its nearest point to the horizon, the portal between the worlds of the dead and the living and all those realms in between would open at the thinning of the veils. Omina and Tupelo had come to the river to pray over this metaphysical bridge and mind its crossings. Deep work it was to engage the dead and face the shadow, but the god sisters were prepared, courageous and unrelenting in their introspection and protection. Omina lit incense and Tupelo lit herb, and they inhaled their medicine through conversations about what troubled and what uplifted them. They spoke affirmations to independence, which was a progressive virtue fought for against the pulls of ego, offense, and the pains of mortality when they left the underworld to engage the realm of the living, Bobacha. The sisters were of thunder and lightning, frighteners of the frightening, senses ever heightening to the beat of life's drum. They moved like one in this season. Needing no reason other than awareness of the sisterhood between them to write, raise their spears or replace the flow of sad and tears with action and duty to their niches as keepers of the dead, soothers of scars, healers in war. Omina loved Tupelo for the things they'd been taught by the mighty warrior. For kindness shown, truth told, protection maintained, presence sustained, reassurance remained. Chosen by Tupelo was Omina, time and time again through trials and tribulations. And so Omina chose their sister in turn, with ferocity they'd come to learn. They asked if Tupelo wanted to hit some words. Tupelo consented to hear the Ocaliope's speech of prayer in preparation for the days of the dead. Dear God, here I am with more tools to arm myself for confrontation than anyone I know, and still, I am so confused on how to wield. I do not wish to hurt and harm. I don't seek to burden others with my needs, which I feel on my own to mind. I resent the prospect of myself reduced to a begging weakness, pleading, love me, treat me fairly, make time and accommodate me. It feels like such a waste of time, wanting for people to love you enough to check on you, to help you, to stop what is triggering you. I have gone mad behind less. You will not change people. Only people will change for themselves, and that's how it should be. If you have to map out all you ought to somebody, so they might change themselves, then where's the alignment in that, screaming into the wind to be pacified? Maybe, just maybe, someone loves you enough to change, but it's too heavy, burdensome to expect, rely, and pray for it. There may be pain now, and detachment for independence's sake, but ultimately, I do believe this moment of grief is worth the era of peace and joy, earned through a confident release, marred by no over-explanation, no excess performance or drama. If you love something, then you gotta let it go. If it's meant, it'll always come back. And if not, you'll know your lessons are learned and you'll hold the memories, always. We cannot rule over those we love. We cannot tell them what to do. What does love look like when it becomes insecure, pressured, abused, misused, and neglected, unprotected from the shadow self, all while being held tightly in the grip of a careless hand? It is not the responsibility of the caged bird to stay bound to gravity so its keeper might be saved, the grief of mourning its song. People hardly desire what they most easily have. There are loves we find where we need not chase nor stretch ourselves thin, where we need not beg for attention or gentility, ethics or guardianship. Perhaps not even in every lifetime, a love finds us which is so true, we would let go of everything else to protect it. I know such love, of which I did not have as a child. If I had, I may have been so different. I hold the love of sisters in my heart. I keep the love of a sister who cares, who shows up, who does not hoard me nor lie to me, respects me, guides me, is kind to me, wise with me, treats me as I deserve. I have a friend. Our bond may not always be understood, but it is a good thing, a wide thing, a strong thing. A love strong enough to pull me from the underworld's despair back into sunlight. I will waste no time, distraught over love not had, when I can hold this true thing to my chest and rest. It is not my responsibility to shelter others from the triggers of my true love found and known. If I cannot speak full truth, then silence is the way. Water over fire, smooth and chill, unburdened. Letter to Oya Tupelo, my friend, my sister, partner and protector, one who is not afraid. I wield the force of the ocean. Tupelo holds the courage. They both wield the thunder and the lightning. Change. I'm sorry, y'all. We have to go back on that one. Letter to Oya, to Tupelo, my friend, my sister, partner, protector. One who is not afraid. Omina wields the force of the ocean. Tupelo holds the courage. They both wield the thunder and the lightning. Give, change, fly reciprocated love, true frequency, God's sister's abundance. My heart seeks the love of men, but my sense leads my feet down the path of bond healing between the sisters, daughters, and mothers. That secret route, shadow voyage, deep tunnel where only sovereignty can see you through. This precious gift to me, earned as a sweet surprise, the ability to heal the wounds, feel no fear in trenches, no I will not give this up. I will not sacrifice this most precious and honored of wealths to escape pain. The wealth of counsel, a watcher, a deliverer, a protector, a guide, a shielder, a wielder, a divine healer, a powerful friend, that's my rider, that's my keeper, that's my teacher, that's my seer, my believer, my achiever, my sweeper, and my dreamer. I will not doubt that which I can see, and I will believe the proof of action. not all might understand. Until they know the sensation. But this is a powerful and glorious transition despite the tension. Not a path everyone may choose. But I won't step off for hypothetical gain. This is the way of the sisters of the thunder. Mistresses of lightning. Frighteners of the frightening. The twisters, dippers, sky skippers, keepers of truth. This is the way of omoya. The way of hot and cool. Quick flashing. Light bursting through the dark. Perceptions. Easy to run behind, do the most behind Objectify, overanalyze, you can be confused at time, Mistaken on all sides, introspect more than you project Look within, G-check, keep it calm, right wrongs, understand Learn from what you come to know, move to rhythm Do what is right for you, be your own glue for your pieces Release the baggage and keep the one to hold down Temple keeper, demon sweeper, hide no form No light which rises and blaze to fight Keep a believer potent, devoted, highly favored, you the one who chose it. Mind your peace, release, believe, relieve, achieve, demonstrate, radiate. It's not about anyone else. Don't mind the outside so much. Protect your wealth, pass the test, getting your degree in many areas, moving always and learning, school of life. Walk like a thing, a wise woman of black stone, thinker and wielder of light. Sophia, Maria, Madonna, Yamaya, Durga, Sekhmet, Bastet, Ixchel, Nike, Oya, Nyabingi. Holder of wealth by the strength to protect it. Not a random placement, but an arrangement made by your cultivated ability to choose wisely, choosing with wisdom. Choose the light, and you could walk through the dark, heavenly, divine, unpermitted, unsubmissive. Focus on yourself. Keep the truth tight. Choose wisely. Choose yourself. Reflect inward. Go deep. Do the work to understand. Understand. Look at a situation from many perspectives. Backlog. Undam the river. Mind your tongue. Mind speech. Mind its reach. Pay attention. Keep tabs. Focus on your own demons. The days of the dead. How we walk this can determine many years to come. Be ready, be sure. Tomorrow we step outside in armor and power, the uniform of might. Be of the light and move with minimal doubt. No fear, whatever is near, submit to no press by wickedness. Always more ways to move, to see, to achieve. Don't choose between a rock and a hard place. You could fly. Water women born to thunder spirits, wielders of force, quiet, believing, achieving, relieving. Lord, I want to be so fluid, lucid, and aware. Aid me in patience and watch in my way. I may make mistakes, but I will not fail. I will hold to a place I know. Temple keeper, healing weaver, moderator of patience and acceptance of all that is. Accepting, not just forgiving. Because I don't want to just give it up. I want to sit and move with it. Accepting to move ahead. Peace be still. Peace may I feel. May peace fill and reveal May peace be real, kept by steel, pieces. still. Walk in the way, river sway, dead day, red sun, blue moon, courses, yellow, ocean, and Chichumba Move, 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 grow, sanctuary. Bring yourself calm in the deep waters of Scorpio independent shadow silent no violence worth the pain of carelessness speak in calmest tones stand postured never alone mind your ethics and take care be filled by sacred air treachery is none of your concern no longer living in that dimension no use for the language jaguar of bobancha water daughter bringer of the rains mind your peace of peace things are as they are supposed to be mind your wisdom and your vision Focus on yourself, yourself. Praise be to Jah for loving and accepting me, so I don't have to ask, do they, the people beneath you and equal to me, accept, love, and worship me? Maybe, but it is not necessary or sought in my heart of hearts. I do demand that only good hands touch me, though, and wish for warmth to enter my sister's May my wealth extend to them and their children, their grandchildren, all they touch. May my mother know peace. May she understand the magnitude of her power and believe it, achieve it, and then receive it cyclically. Walk the shore, walk the riverbank, walk through rain, filter the pain. May the land be so clear, ever clear, dear, crystal, wiser, flyer, higher. Friendship is rocky, the balance to fly over jagged peaks. We do not release our grips on each other's hands. We learn the security of our own strength. Take me as I am. Take me as I am. Take me as I am. I am whole. I am happy. I am calm in my body. I am valued. I am loved. I am delivered. I know joy. I know peace. I know release. Fierce spirit kept soft by rain. I remain flowing. I got a lot of love in this heart of mine. Over mine, rewind, find blessings, stretching, testing, developing, motion, happiness. I find, I rewind, and remind. I climb towers and high peaks. I see, sing, I am, I was, I will be, I do see, trees of green, stable feet beneath me. Superior to no one. Superior to no one. Inferior to no thing beneath God. And let me tell you about God, so special, so potent in his ways. Not invisible, he is everything, all beings. Pens more powerful than swords. The Ocaliope speaks, and sorry, the Ocaliope thinks before speaking. Be wise, be kind, treat others with kindness, even those we would hold caution with. G check, a good check, engage. Handle my business privately. My pain is my own special thing. I can understand mistakes. My own, those of others. We all just people, albeit different times. Take your time. Be gentle with me. Trust in loving, walking. Don't project anger. Think of the peace you want and believe, believe, believe. Not for him or his love, but for your own power. Walk in what you want, not what you fear. Love them. Really love them. Nothing needed but that love to fight for right and wrong. Everybody comes to stand with their mistakes. The test is living with them. karma that you have to teach you boundaries and restraint. School of life. Experience it to know not to do it to others. Understand it. Submit to it honorably with dignity. You are not Cinderella. No slave. You take no shit get paid for service, let your art be free as your heart, deliver do not seek what is had to offer guilt is a useless chemical, as many vices to fool you as if what you have or have not done can be remedied or redeemed through feeling overly sorrowful about it, place on your armor, raise the spear put the fear in its place dearest sister of mine, old wounds. Hail through our triumphs, between the wielders of thunder and the swayers of the tide. I embrace you with cool currents and still the storm. You show me the power of an unsubmitting form. Sister, sister, rivers and twisters, lightning flashing. Our battles against the shadows are where I find my truest form. My mightiest tranquility, my cherished mobility, traveling memories, courageous frequencies. Breathe life into fierce words. Stand between me and the enemy. and. do the same for you sister sister you hold my hand through the valley of transition you accompany me in transcendence we move sway and grow together keep the temple never simple this path that is walked but I'm comfortable with the union of strength and fierce eyes the peace of mind known in this Sun we cherish the type of time we keep the sacrifices we make to fulfill duty all that we release Rain pouring down from our storm clouds, may we always remain to pray over space. Keep the faith, make way, claim the power that is birthright. Mighty buffalo and sovereign jaguar who clap thunder and scatter demons into scurry. In conversation or silence, peace or violence, voyage or residence, riches or trenches, I'd walk with you into the darkness of the water where we know not what is beneath, but we never turn back. Always moving ahead through the world of the living to the land of the dead. To all dimensions of freedom across space and time. Dear friend of mine who buys me flowers and takes me for drives. Who sits with me and vanquishes lies, Who allows me to be full and whole and speaks that it is enough. Who is tough and rough to some but is soft and sweet to me. Dearest sister, we know not the restraint of the ground or the captivity of ownership Too electric for guilt to grasp Too fluid for the demons to clasp Banishing these old traumas and generational curses May our healing minds make quick work of the demons Who sought to divide the healing of the sisters Who seek to manifest collisions of hurricanes to the delta May our harmony manifest blessings over our people For always, for as long as we are not afraid To fight and cast light 777 Nine, nine, nine. The river was coursing beneath the fire-painted sky as the sun inched closer and closer to the horizon, saturating the world in color. Whistling ducks flew in formation over the water ahead of the Temple of the Sun, built on sacred ground where the sun kisses the moon. The sky was pastel periwinkles and in muted indigos, carved up by the tendrils of many narrow and winding clouds, hued red violets, lavenders, and silvery gray. The sky closer to the sun was heavily saturated with red, ochre, and rich golden, and the light of sky fire reflected in a long stretch across the great river like a golden road. The portal was nearing its opening, when the sun lowered to a certain degree. Its energy was as firelight filtered through a magnifying glass concentrated. It charged up the water along its light's path into a tiding breath. Omina's eyes widened with wonder at the sound and sight of the river surged into such a momentum against the sandbar below where the whistling ducks were descending to rest in their flock. Omina was grateful to see that the native waterfowl still remained on these lands in such a number. In that same moment, Omina and Tupelo's herbal medicine was kicking in, and Omina's mind drifted by the sight of the river water to the lyrics of a song which they were always hearing in their mind about going underwater with three dollars and six dimes. They smiled to themselves, sending silent kudos to Miss Badu, because they felt that after all those years, they'd finally done the math. The lyrics had always seemed like an ode to a woman down and out of luck, with nothing but three dollars and six dimes to place her hustle magic on. It was an optimistic image, but its beginnings were still rooted in struggle. Omina saw something different in the mind's eye. Then, he saw a woman born out of water, walking the break of dawn with a bag of dollar bills over her shoulder, walking the same way Omina had from the seven ward all the way to the where the sun kisses the moon. This woman was carrying this bag of money and felt it was so heavy. She wondered to herself, does she really need all of it? This woman was a water daughter, you understand. She knew wealth by the crystal clarity pouring of her heart before the presence of material in the palm of her hand. She walked across the land and gave out dollar bills as she saw fit, missing none of it. She gave money for bus fare. For people who needed food, to people who she didn't even ask how they would use it, it wasn't her business. Her business was simply the delivery of the wealth. In a faraway place, she'd handed out cowries. Here, in the Cypress Delta, she handed out green bills and copper coins with dead presidents on them. She had no attachment to the land dwellers' currency beyond what it was useful for She left money offerings and tree roots on porch steps, at bus stops, sidewalk cracks, at the edges of canals, and at the base of bridges. Maybe you think she was tripping, giving all that cash away, but she knew just what she was doing. She was walking across Bulbanja from sunup to sundown, and just like Omina, she eventually found herself where the sun kisses the moon with not much more than her own body and spirit to present to the flowing river. The weight of the bag had decreased off her shoulder exponentially and she took it and felt only the slightest weight of a few bills and some coins. She reached her hand into the bag to pull out what was left. Tupelo," Omina said as they were digging in their little purse. It was a ratty, tattered thing. Maybe authentic, maybe a knockoff. They didn't care. They loved it because they bought it with their sisters. They rummaged through it and pulled from it three one dollar bills and five dimes. You had a dime, friend? Tupelo looked in that bag and said, I have two nickels. Omina nodded. That's fine. They took the nickels and thanked Tupelo before they stood, telling her they'd be back. Tupelo smiled after her sister as they descended the stone stairway down to the base of the temple, covered over by a layer of sand, bordered by a line of stacked black and gray stone by the water. The whistling ducks were gathered all around, making all their noise and waddling out of the way of Omina, who stepped politely through the waterfowl, sacred animals of their own mother. They walked along the bank of the river with the rising of cypresses and willows to their left. Omina's silks reflected deep brown in the light of the sun as they walked across the sand. The princess of ten thousand moons was the water daughter of the delta keeper of the bayous canals the lakes the rivers the shores the pines the pools the prayer for the rains they hummed softly as they stepped the land knew their form well for omina's body was an inheritance passed down from generation to generation of milani wombs milani was the house of omina's birth to which their mother belonged it was the house of the water-wielders the hand-healers the powerful dealers of seven's frequency they were the mino of the deltas rivers shores and seas and their history and borbantia predated even the middle passage and slavery these women have voyaged down the coast of the motherland and around it to its horn. From there into the ocean of the east to the bays of lands where there were many. Further across the seas to the realm of Sunda, and beyond to the big wide ocean. Sailing until they reached islands rising from the water. And there they practiced the sway and rock of the water daughter's dance. The twisting of the hands, pivot of the feet, the dip of the hips. From the islands of the ocean they reached Turtle Island. Journeying further to a realm of expansive grass, where they fought with others to protect sacred lands before eventually they came to settle in this delta land of Bourbancha, where the cypresses stand tall and the oaks span wide, born to women of power was omina black-eyed in this body they had come to appreciate not for its beauty but for its usefulness. They walked along the sand. The fish of the river congregated near the shore. The birds of many feathers flew to the bordering trees and kept pace as Omina walked to a suitable place. There was a willow tree with branches hanging low over a long and thick tree falling and dipping into the river. Here Omina came with a stick of incense they burned with a lighter and placed upright in the crook of the bark. They turned to the sunset, changing the sky further. It would not be long before the days of the dead began. Omena prepared their breasts, stretching and taking their shoes off to respect the sacred space. In one hand they held their sixty cents, in the other were the three-dollar bills. They turned to the water, aware of the birds and squirrels spying on them from the trees, and they began their ritual to cleanse the portal bridge. Omina shook the coins in their right hand like maracas, manifesting a steady beat, blowing air over them as they would blow over lucky dice. They began to pat their feet to the ground, gliding their soles across the sand. From deep in their chest, they manifested a song and sang it to the river. They enjoyed the sensation of the dance in union with the words, saying the vibration of sound from the chest to the throat. The song was a praying song to everything omina had and had not seen so sacred because omina knew as they released the words they would not remember them once they departed from their lips they made no move to record the sounds of the space or write down the lyrics flowing through them no they just let it all go. The songs and the dance which went with them were offerings to the water, to the sun, to the sky, for all the aspects of Jah Most High made physical in this realm they lived. It was a profound and ancient bliss to give something of their self in such a way which expected nothing in return, no attention or fame, no veneration or praise. Omina well, Mina just sang in the privacy of the sandbar with no audience except the birds and the fish. As Omina sang, they purged from deep in their soul, drawing out all the weights and burdens they had to lay bare. They sang affirmations of change and positivity, of power and grace, self-reliance and introspection, for they knew well the chaotic force of their projections. They were doing their best in all aspects of their life to keep peace and effectively heal by their own means. They were deep into ritual calling on the aid of God to make them stronger, cleaner, wider, and lighter. These days of the dead would not be as those before. Omina, where Omina was dependent and expectant of their ancestors' aid to their own desires and wants. They were cleansing the portal with intention to be fully self-reliant now and be only as a conduit of passage for the spirits which were their own charge to Kepha. They were stronger than ever before unbuckling against the weight of Scorpio, transcending through these trials which would earn them the right to call themselves a Scorpio healer who'd mastered the darkness of depths of water to wield the secrets of shadow for light and relief. But it was necessary to face their own shadow self, which was the only force powerful enough to present a real challenge to their higher self's peace. On days like this, Omina was called on to choose the nature of their own form, for strength or weakness. They spoke the words, powerful words of alchemy, and felt as the sun sped its way, dark red past the horizon, the sensation of the veils lifting, and from deep within they felt like a small stone being pulled from the bladder, an energy being drawn out. They gasped out in pain clutching their side as they dropped to the ground with their palms against the sand. At the same moment, they heard the beat of many wings as the birds flew from the trees and the water rippled as the fish turned from the shore. The sky was fading dark now, and the moon was rising as the stars were starting to shine. Omina rose their head to see the glowing form of many spirits of the past on, rising from the water of the river and walking ashore. Past them toward the temple of the sun, where Tupelo was waiting to steward them to the altars which had been raised for them. Omina knew their sister would be looking for them soon, but this thing to face was in front of them. The pain in Omina's side subsided, and they were able to stand, and directly ahead of them was a silhouette, pitch dark against the fading gray of dusk. It was a shifting shape, as if made of smoke. It was as tall as omina and shaped similarly to their own form omina could feel its heaviness across the space the shadow did not speak vocally but omina could hear it sense its thoughts and emotions inside their own mind in their own voice it had been with them since they got into the river Cressing the other compartments of Omina's soul to document, commodify, objectify, take without consent, resent, re- lament, soothe with excess herb the pains which must be faced. To speak for attention, chef mentions, collect the pension of conditional love by raising up their self over all else. The shadow wished to be a special thing, a praised thing, a pacified thing, a thing. Omina knew their self not for a thing no, but a being established in identity and flowing and growing sovereign, and a flowing, growing so- I'm sorry, let me just redo that. Omina knew their self not for a thing though, but a being, established in identity and a flowing and growing sovereignty. The shadow needed to be addressed and no one, no better time than when it was at its most potent. Well, into the sway of Scorpio, when its nature was amplified to a heightened degree. Omina knew that shadow was not an enemy. It was the very aspect of their soul to which their higher self drew power, balanced by a strong will. And when the shadow became unbalanced, it was not its responsibility to change, but the higher self's to manifest a more powerful will. Omina knew what the shadow of their soul wanted love above all things it wanted love from the external aspects of this physical realm to a degree which might fill up omina's entire soul omina knew well though that the love that shadow sought was a folly a conduit of a hope to rest in dependence with an excuse to not be for their self what they wished others to be instead omina shook their head at the shadow Projecting its wants, its misunderstandings, frustrations, fears, and desperations. The shadow wanted Omina to dance. Omina could dance, especially in the frequency of Scorpio, and manipulate much in this dimension toward their own desires. By the flick of their hands, the whip of their hips, and the tide of their sacral, they could have all which was material, all the money, the praise, the spoken love, and deifications. They could manifest the ease of a catered life an elevation of economic class standing a bounty of male attention excess to affection and high manipulation of social algorithms both digital and physical dancing for the cameras for the crowds for the lovers and friends could manifest much but the problem for amina was that to manifest success from the dance the show the pretending performance was that they could not be much else but this submissive thing to a consumptive system for the sake of comfort and privilege. Omina empathized with the shadow for its wants because it was true. Life could be easy if only they would submit to the shadow and its realms to choose the dark parts of their soul over light and convince themselves it was all right that they were not strong enough to fight the weight of an insistent whisper in the ear which tried so hard to taint faith. Omina looked at that shadow, who for so long had been a cocky, expectant, self-victimizing and overwhelmingly egotistical entity, and they did not feel a fear toward it. Omina had worked hard to make the other aspects of their soul strong, and when the shadow came for the inner child, it was now the higher self who stepped to protect the sanctity of Omina and their gifts and talents. The higher self who stood tall to remind the shadow that sense was to be priority over beauty, responsibility and duty to be priority over recreation, honor, truth, and power to be priority over a need to be loved. Omina turned their back to the shadow. And the shadow hissed at the courage, but minded his place. As Omina went to the fallen tree where they'd sat their pearl fan, Pirelli, they picked up the fan and turned back to their shadow as the wispy spirits of the dead passed them with no mind paid toward the temple. Omina spoke, I will not be ruled by desires and excess wants. Unhaunted. Will I be by the ghost of an unaccomplished past? I am the last of a long line, a princess rising. I've been blessed and am being blessed with all I need. I've done the work of the mind and the heart to achieve peace, my most sturdy relief. I need not seek in others all which I am to give to myself. I know my wealth, my true wealth is not reduced to a dollar or a jeweled collar placed around my neck as a symbol to my skill level in a game, perhaps suited to me by some strange luck, but created to exclude my own people, my equals. As princess of ten thousand moons, my power is indeed legendary, and I praise God for it. But these gifts placed into my mind and delivered through my hands are for the sake of preservation of the land, not the ruling of it. I'm sorry y'all. Preservation of the land, not the ruling of it, not the subjugation or manipulation of others. I'm not willing to lie to myself or anyone else. I will not pretend like I have the energy for what I don't. I won't act like I want what I don't, like I accept what I don't. I will not suffer in silence just to avoid the threat of violence. I will rise to it with confidence. Knowing that the thunder and lightning within my soul is for, I was made to fight the demons. Walk through the darkness with esteem. I was made to be at peace and being unseen. My water dancing is sacred. A tool, a practice, a healing movement, and a weapon. It is no toy. To employ for likes and comments, seduction or commodification of this body for material gain. It is the vessel of sacred peace I use to change and rearrange this form, which is mine. You hear me? It belongs to me. And I will not be guilty for the time I take to be, to see, to reside in the temple or walk in the light of day. I will always know my worth by my own power to proclaim it in self-determination. I speak my name, gifted to me, and earn consistently the titles of the river of the ocean and the spring. To the rhythm of the river I proclaim I am and who I will be. Omina Olomi Malani Omoya Efan Morat e Ungwali Kesan Urat e keeper of the east, treasure of the sea. I will fear nothing which has not earned the right to press me into submission. Not man, woman, ghost, spirit, or shadow. I go where I please, how I want. I will live in an earned ease, risen above dread. I feel pain and take it with grace and dignity. But I will not submit to hurt feelings and bitter dealings. I got a purpose and I know it. And rather than waste time trying to explain or show it, I'd rather just learn it. Dear shadow of mine. I know your ways for they are mine and i offer you kindness rather than judgment as i find that the negativities are always rooted in fear and i don't have to fear fear because it's not welcome here at the blessed bank of our sacred river i purge out the doubt no need to chase clout bring rains to my love drought i know the love of god and i focus on that not projecting this dark energy at anybody else for my own abilities to maintain my wealth No. Shadow. I offer you this chance as I would any other. As a part of my soul, my body, and aspect of this world, I will not try to change you, shame you, or rearrange you. I won't pretend you don't exist. I won't struggle or resist. I simply offer you a gift, like an unbitter kiss. Omina raised that fan at the shadow which rippled with its own static at the pointing of Parali. If you want to rule this body, then it is your right to fight for dominion over the realm of my soul. And by fairness, if you can overcome me, then go ahead. Turn this whole world cold. Chase the diamonds and the gold. Neglect the soul and leave it sold. You want to see me dance so badly. Put on this show, this performance for you. All right. Give me a reason to submit. Beat me in this fight. Omina readied their self and breathed deep, feeling in their soul the breath of the river, the moisture in the air, the static of the clouds rolling in, cracking thunder, Omina's shadow bristled at the invitation, its own molecules bubbling at the prospect of a fight. It was not so like the demons of the underworld who were afraid of Omina's wrath. This shadow knew Omina well. It feared no defeat from them because it was itself the source of rats' power. The shadow shifted in the dark, eager for the chance to take control of Omina's heart. For all Omina's life, they'd been battling for this control. Only now was the first time Omina had been able to personify that shadow and face it so certainly. The days of the dead had begun. The veil was thin, and this battle between the mighty Omina and the shadow did begin. The shadow moved forward with lightning speed, latching onto Omina with intent to make them weak, steal their voice to keep them from speaking. Omina shifted to brace against the weight of all the shadow's pain, its insistence to remain the same, its hungry aspiration to drain. Omina knocked the shadow with Pirelli and sent it sprawling back with electricity. Omina remained calm, expecting the shadow to fight dirty with tricks and projections of shadow poison. If Omina brought their emotions into this fight, they would surely be defeated, because emotions euphoric or sorrowful, would feed this manifestation of their own darkness. Omina remained even, peaceful, content, gracious, unexpected, unprotecting, silent, responsible. They beat their shadow back with fluid movements, arching on the toes, spinning, dipping, willing, wind and water, clapping, thunder and lightning. They maintained a controlled stamina in the fight. Mining their rage, which could imbalance their blast of lightning or influence the river into a temperamental flood. They remained balanced, keeping the ego of their higher self in check. Balanced by the compassion of the inner child. The battle with the shadow was not one for glory or self-validation. It was not a fight against an enemy. The fight with the shadow was a sparring with the mother a sister, a daughter, a brother, a father, a lover. It was for purpose. The ferocity had its aim and its mastered restraints. Omina did not care if this shadow was hated, demonized, neglected, rejected, projected on, they would not channel excess and harsh power to destroy it. They would not leave it battered by the river. They were powerful enough to summon the river water with lee and wrap the currents around the shadow, struggling at first against the element it was so filled with pain writhing and thrashing hopelessly silent with nowhere at all to go nowhere to run it had no choice but to fix omina's approach omina shed tears for the shadow but they were not of sadness or pity they were of understanding they brought their folded fans to their lips sorry, they brought, they brought their folded fan to their lips, kissed it, and then placed ever gently the pearl ivory against the hot area of the shadow, and blue magic pulsed through its form. The shadow stilled, trembling, but no longer struggling, Omina looked it over and took a deep breath before saying with surety, I accept you for every flaw, for every scar." For every war you have lost, I release you from the burden of perfection. Omina blew wind from their lips, and the smoke of the shadow was whisked back like blown-out incense. What remained was the shadow's form, relieved of the previous burdens which had been which had not been strong enough to force Omina into submission. The shadow form was now wrapped all around in gold light flowing like a river around an expanse of space trimmed in the shape of omina's body. The whole form was made of a collection of star galaxies. Omina was awestruck as they lifted their hands to reach and witnessed with astonishment the shadow reflect their own movement, its star-studded hand reflected reached for I'm sorry. Its star studded hand reached for Omina's flesh, and when their palms and fingers pressed, Omina felt the force of the balanced shadow re-enter their body with a flash of light. They felt as if pure spring water was flowing through them before the light faded, and Omina remained, Princess of Ten Thousand Moons, beneath the stars at the river bank. Omina felt at once light and dark, meek and mighty guiltless and compassionate. They heard Tupelo calling from the Temple of the Sun and were just about to race back when they remembered. They went back to the fallen tree where they sat their three dollars and six dimes. Omina kissed the money, made a silent wish and thanks before they threw the money up into the air and watched it land and then sink into the river. Omina left the sandbar To return to Tupelo and fulfill their duties as a keeper of the dead in the realm of the living. Before returning to the temple of Omaya at the closing back of the portals. And that concludes our spooky season rollout. I'm so grateful to have been able to do this and to be able to have shared these stories with y'all. I hope y'all have enjoyed it. Um definitely this rollout took a little bit longer than I thought as you can see we're at November 6th and I'm still releasing stuff that was October material but it's all right I um thank anybody who's listened to any of the episodes so far I appreciate feedback always um yeah thank y'all Y'all can check out my Instagram, holybody77, there's link trees in it. Check out the Patreon. So just an update on how I'm moving going forward. Going forward, all the text of the Mino Diaries, it's about to start moving. It's going to be on my Patreon. Character designs are going on my Patreon. Um, Fashion updates are going to be going on my Patreon. Um, Videos, now that Patreon has the video feature going to start making videos on my Patreon. Just a lot of stuff going on on my Patreon. And I'm going to leave what I have up on my website and YouTube and Instagram and different things. I'm going to leave it there. But just know that new material is all going to be on um, the Patreon for the most part. So it's no pressure to support me. I say this all the time. I put my stuff out there. And I'm just doing, like, the best I can that I'm sure, like, a lot of other people, the best I can at balancing making the art and, like, advocating for myself work with the art while also not letting art be too serious in my life, you know? So it's, like, yeah, like, I'm transitioning to where in order to receive certain things for me, like, I need compensation, but also I move with the energy of it ain't no pressure, You know, I don't want nobody to ever feel like you got to pay money to engage in my stuff or you just have to support me in these ways. You know, I appreciate any little thing. If if all you can manifest is listening to my stories on a podcast, that's a lot to me because I know ultimately that is a lot. Just listening to them. So if you want to take a step forward and. Pay for content from me. I appreciate it. You want to come to a workshop, I appreciate it. You want to get feedback, whatever. If you're just able to repost on your story, I appreciate that, too. I, I just appreciate anything that come, because I just I want my art to forever be a free and light and fun space, which is why I'm taking all of these steps to be able to depend on other avenues of things. So that the amino Diaries could always be this sacred and fluid thing for me. So, yeah, I'll leave it at that. I thank y'all. Thank y'all for engaging with episode 11. It's been fun. And, yeah, next episode will be coming out soon. It's, it's ready. It's on file. <laughs> and once it's out, I will be taking a little break. I mean, I'm about to take a break kind of now. But anyway, I'm not going to get into that. Just know that y'all going to get a little bit more content. So thank y'all. And y'all have a great weekend, a great week. And I'm going to stop rambling now.